Hey, Million Bazillionaires, it's Bridget and Ryan. We're working hard on bringing you new episodes of Million Bazillion. Those are going to be ready in a couple of months. But we're popping into your feed today to bring you something a little different. Inspired by the listeners among you who have sent us questions asking about how to get a job. Yeah, so we did an episode on this about why kids generally don't have jobs. But if you still want to know how to get one, our friends at Financially Inclined, another podcast from Marketplace, have some ideas. I'm not going to lie. Some of this is going to make more sense to your parents who are maybe looking for a job or maybe you have an older sibling. But some of this is just good stuff to know, even if you're just working a summer job. Let's play the episode. I've had so many people ask me to review their resume and then I read it and it's either two pages long. It got references on it. And I'm just like, girl, why is the resume so long? Why do you have these references? Why do you have this unnecessary junk? What's up, everybody? I'm Janelia Espinal, and welcome to Financially Inclined from Marketplace. We're sharing money lessons for living life your own way. When people talk about starting their first job, it sounds kind of scary, like recent college grads who have a hard time getting into the workforce. And that can be really discouraging. But luckily, we have Amir Henley with us today to help us understand how to stand out when you're applying for your first job. Amir is in his early 20s, and he already broke into the corporate world as a social media manager. He also runs his own TikTok, where he posts about corporate culture and helps us understand it. Now, when we talk about corporate culture, it could mean a big, famous corporation, but it could also be a smaller company or organization. And sometimes even a nonprofit or a school can feel like a corporate environment. It's all about the structure of the workplace and the kind of rules that they put in place, like a strict dress code or a corporate type of hierarchy with managers and mid-level managers and that kind of thing. Now, I know it sounds like a lot to take in, but Amir's going to help us make sense of it all. So let's get into it. I just was wondering, like, how did you get into corporate work, into the into a corporate path? And then what was it like once you were in a corporate job versus like your expectations for what it would be like? My first corporate job came when I was in college where I was the youngest person at my job. Most of uh, my team members were like twice my age. And the country club that I was working at, they did not have a strong social media presence. So I kept telling my manager, like, oh, I'll help take pictures or I took pictures of the food or I created this video of the chef and I would always share my content with them. And I just started creating so much content for them. They just like, you know what? We want to hire you as our marketing manager. And that was my first start to, I would say, you know, the corporate world and doing something that I love. That is amazing. You know, the people that are listening to this or watching this might be interested in corporate work. But especially if you're younger, you might be trying to figure it out. Like, is corporate something that I would be interested in? And they might not know. What do you tend to tell them about what to expect? How do you talk about corporate culture with them? I realized that a lot of my followers, most of my followers are from 18 to 24. And I was like, Wow. wow, a lot of these teens have not even had a job yet and I'm, their first experience is what I'm sharing with them so I'm hoping I'm giving you know an authentic you know experience of how the workforce is so before joining the corporate world I was actually very terrified of the corporate world I thought of it as boring I thought of it as nine to five I thought of it as robot for the the teens watching this I'm sure you've seen the Spongebob episode where Squidward is just miserable and he's just like going through his life he's like going through the motions. And that's how I always thought about corporate world. But I was surprisingly shocked 
with the previous job I, that I had. And I was so shocked about the team culture, how friendly everyone was, how the company really took you know, concerned about my mental health and making sure I had job satisfaction. Mm-hmm. If you are a younger person entering the workforce, what do you want the company to look like? What do you want your team to look like? Do you want it to be a diverse team? Do you want to be led by by majority women? Do you want, you know, the people to look like you? Do you want it to be LGBT friendly? So I've always done my research before applying the jobs and going into interviews, what the mission statement is, what their values are. So a lot of sources on the internet, like Fishbowl, Glassdoor, Indeed, LinkedIn, a lot of them have reviews for previous positions or the comp- company in general. So you'll see a lot of the time where it's like, mm. oh, you know, um, the pay was really good, but I was overworked or, oh, I was doing four jobs in one or, oh, you know, they didn't pay me well, but they were very flexible with my schedule and I was able to work from home. So I was willing to take a pay cut. Those are all the, all the things that right. they're not going to tell you, but if the information is out there, I, I promise you, if the company is big enough, you can mm-hmm. find it, you know? So that can definitely help you with choosing, you know, companies that you want or might want to apply for a job. But what about the actual interview part? How do you recommend that people prepare for an interview for a corporate position or corporate job? I treat the job description as like an acting role. And the job description is my script. So I'm like reading my script, like, okay, this is what my job, my, my daily tasks are going to be. This, these are the skills they want me to possess. This is the experience. So I'm already planning the question that they're going to ask me. Why do you want to work for this company? What skills do you possess that'll make you qualify for this position? Name a time where you had to deal with a conflict at work. These are all things that you are going to want to have prepared and already have a story, something lined up. Now, a little tidbit, like I said, I'm, I'm a research guy. So I like to do my research. I'm on there. I always look up the brand colors of the company and I wear the brand colors to the interview. So for example, and it sounds crazy, but it it really does work. Like for the previous job I had, their brand colors was blue and gray. So I wore a blue blazer, a gray tie. And when I tell you the, uh, the hiring manager was like, Oh, I love your blazer. I love the, thank you. Thank you. I wonder why (laughs) it's because in their head, they're already picturing me part of the company because I'm wearing a company colors. So talk to us about things like a cover letter or preparing a resume, you know, like, do you feel like those things are still super relevant today or is it okay to go like fully digital and just send links to things? I do think it it depends on the job. So for me, social media, my digital portfolio are the platforms that I've worked on recently, the, the social media pages. So yes, that sense, a digital portfolio is very important. I've had so many people ask me to review their resume and then I read it and it's either two pages long. It got references on it. And I'm just like, girl, why is the resume so long? Why do you have these references? Why do you have this unnecessary junk? I believe that the average hiring manager only looks at a resume for about three to five seconds. So it is very important that you make a strong first impression with that resume Take out all the unnecessary jargon. You know, we don't want to know you you walked your dog when you were seven if you're going for an IT job. You know, stuff like that is not important. And a lot of the time when I'm, you know, working with younger people, they're like, well, I don't have much experience. And they can't get the job because they don't have experience and they can't get experience because they don't have the job. And I understand that. And that is where the selling yourself comes in the part, you know. What extracurricular activities have you done? Have you been going for more? Um, have you been doing training? Have you gotten any certificates or awards? What else have you done that's going to make you qualify for the position? Because it is a very hard 
cycle to get out of experience. No, no work experience, no job, no work experience, no job. You know, you got to break that cycle very early on. Why you, why you have to prove to the employer why you are more qualified than the person next to you and to the person to the behind you. The cover letter is also very important as well. Yeah. When there's a hundred applicants and 50 of those applicants didn't submit a cover letter and then 50 did. Okay. Now we're looking at just the 50 who did. And then from there, oh, we have a digital portfolio. I love this experience or, oh, the, the, the LinkedIn profile is clean and neat. So there's always things that you could be doing to set yourself apart. What would you say is like a bulleted list of everything that you need to apply for that job? Like things that you must have. You have to be passionate about the role that you are applying for. If your goal is, you know, just a, mi- a monetary gain and you have no true passion for the duties that you will be uh, responsible for or the company culture, you will not be happy. So actually find something that you're going to be passionate to do every day. Like you're going to wake up and say, oh my gosh, like I get to go to work instead of, us. I have to go to work. I have to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that's not fun for anyone. And do your research on the company. How big is the company? How small is the company? Is it a hybrid? Will you be able to work remote? Will, will it be all all in office? Who will you be reporting to? Do you have multiple people to report to? Is it one person you're reporting to? How many people are on your team? Where do you fit in on that spectrum? Definitely make sure that you have the skills necessary to fulfill the job. Because a lot of people, I feel like, you know, are fake it till you make it. And uh, they get into a job that they're not qualified for. And um, it doesn't work out in their favor. Be honest. Be authentic. Be transparent. If there's something that you need additional training or help with, be honest in that interviewing process. And I'm sure if they like you, they will they will be willing to work with you. Don't lie. <laughs> because you'll be sound out. <laughs> And then it makes it makes your life harder. <laughs> One of the big things I remember, I was always told over and over again is you have to stay at a job for a certain period of time, because if you leave too soon, then it looks bad on your resume. Oh, but if you stay too long, well, then you might not be job hopping in a way that helps you to get a better pay raise to, at a different company. So how long should they be staying at a job and how do they know how to make that choice? I feel like you know if you're going to stay at a job for longer than a year after the three months mark. Now, my mom is someone, mm. she has been at the same job for over 15 years. She probably worked up, you know, three levels of the corporate ladder. And she was always conditioned to just be a worker bee. And I feel like a big difference about Gen Z is yep. that they are able to clearly set boundaries. They are prioritizing their mental health. Yes, a paycheck is, is amazing and a paycheck is necessary. But right. so is your mental health. So is burnout. No one wants to stay at a job where you're making, you know, another company's objectives a reality and you go home every day upset or miserable. And I feel like that since so many of people who are in the Gen Z have seen their parents, you know, burn out, come home upset and how that has negatively impacted maybe a family dynamic or just a relationship dynamic in general. They don't want that for themselves. And I think Gen Z is, you know, transitioning the power back into the employee and not just the employer, which I commend and I love. Because, yes, if you have so much so much to do in one day and your boss asks to schedule a meeting during your break time where you're supposed to like decompress and have lunch and you are able to clearly communicate, hey, can we reschedule till tomorrow? I have too much on my plate. Now, that is someone who I want on my team because that is it's bold. 
but it's not disrespectful. Because to me, that's saying you don't want to burn out. You're here for the long run. Absolutely. So if you hit that 90 day period and you like it, that's easy. Stay until, you know, you feel comfortable or you want to move up or out. But if you're not so sure, how would you um, recommend handling that? I would never recommend leaving a job until you have another one set up. And that is just my opinion, you know. When you're going on jobs, it's like dating, mm. you know, date around, keep your options open. Yeah. When you're married to a job, when you find that soulmate, you'll know that this job mm. is somewhere you're supposed to be long term. If it's a casual thing and it's not working out after that 90 day mark, you know, it's not going to work yeah. out the next 90 days or the 90 days after that. You know what I'm saying? It's like dating. So yep. date around, yeah. keep your options open. And when you're married to a job, you'll know. I, I like that reference and, you know, like that analogy, because I do think it's true. Tell us what you think, like from your perspective, are maybe the one or two biggest challenges that Gen Z faces in, you know, their place of work or their Absolutely. job or role. A huge thing that I experienced was being heard. People thought because of my age mm -hmm. that I didn't have enough experience to know what I'm talking about. I've always had to work on my approach. There's been so many times on a team meeting where, you know, I have given like an awesome idea and, you know, no one has heard it. And then someone else says the idea a little bit louder and then they get the credit for it. It is very frustrating. And I think it happens to people who are, you know, younger people who are, you know, um, maybe a minority and that could be gender, race, culture, anything. And in anyone could fall under a minority at any time. It's definitely more challenging to have your opinions heard. But, you know, sometimes it can't, you have to set ego aside. You know, sometimes you don't need credit for mm -hmm. everything. If your goal is just to get your idea actualized, plant the seeds. Plant the seed to someone who is, who's, who's going to get the, the message across. It's okay to be behind the scenes. You don't always have to be in the forefront. Don't, don't take everything personal. And if you have, you're dealing with older people in the workforce who are respecting you. Um, the best way to earn respect is to give it. I love that. In your experience, you you mentioned that when you first started working, like you were the only one in your generation. So what advice would you give to others who maybe they just got their first job? Yes. So even if you're working with someone who's, let's say, your mom's age or your aunt's age, you are going to be able to find something in common with anyone, no matter what their age is or what their cultural background is. There is a common ground that exists between all of us. You just have to find what that common ground is. And once you establish that common ground, Build a trust, work together. They were your age at one point, you know, and you're going to be their age at one point, you know. So try to speak to them yeah. the way you would want someone to speak to you while you're at their age. You heard Amir. How you act in the workplace matters a lot. It's not just about your resume and cover letter. It's so important that you make a good first impression and build relationships with your coworkers because you don't know who might become your mentor or a professional reference for a future job application. And plus, it just makes for a more enjoyable workplace. But succeeding at work shouldn't mean sacrificing your own well-being and your happiness. So this is my challenge to you. Make a list of the types of jobs or career fields that you might enjoy. Research some of the companies in that field using the tools and tips that Amir mentioned. Then narrow it down to very specific roles or job titles that you would want to apply for. And look at the job description. What skills do you have that match those requirements? What skills would you need to work on or develop? 
And as a bonus, if you want to create a sample resume and a sample cover letter that you would use if you were going to apply for that job tomorrow, go ahead and do that. You got this. 